Hello, and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and I am super excited that you decided to join me today. As you know, I always bring interesting, uh, funny, um, thoughtful friends. I think that describes most of my people. They're just great people. And uh, because I think that your world will be much brighter if you meet the amazing people that I know. And so today I have with me one of my good friends, Meredith Schaefer. And Meredith, she and her husband are the co-founders of STORM Ministry, which stands for Strategic Treatment Option and Recovery Ministry. And Recovery Ministry. I always want to put, I always get it backwards. Uh, Anyway, but so Meredith is here. She is an author. She's a speaker. Uh, She is a wife and a mother. She is all around amazing and a barrel of fun. And so I just knew that your life would not be the same. It would not be full. It would not be complete unless you encountered Meredith. And so welcome to my podcast, Meredith Schaefer. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. No pressure. That was quite the buildup. And I I told Melissa when I walked in the door, I was like, do not call 911. I'm not having a stroke. I just went to the dentist. So half of my face is numb (laughs) from my chin to my eyeball. So if I'm winking at you also, that's probably why. And maybe we should have we, we probably gypped ourselves because we don't have a video of this. <laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> or maybe we just gypped we everybody else. Yes, you're really missing out to see. I've got kind of an Elvis snarl going here with my <laughs> Ain't my nothing side, but a hound dog. Face. Yeah. So this is this is gonna be fun. Yeah, this is gonna be great. I hope you can understand me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We'll just do the we'll wing it and move on, That's right? right? That's you should have we... seen me put lipstick on afterwards. I was like, oh. <laughs> Whoa, my lips are not where I remember they were when I started this process. That's super funny. Do you, are you one of those girls who can put their lipstick on without looking in a mirror? Generally, but not after I go to the dentist because yeah. it ended up, I was like, whoa, that's not appropriate. I, I usually look like my granddaughter putting on lipstick if I do it without a mirror. <laughs> it's like my lips are really big. <laughs> but uh, so welcome to the podcast, Meredith. Tell me a little bit about... Um, how you came to be a Christ follower? Um, man, that's a great question. I actually uh, was surrounded by Christ followers. Um, I have known Jesus since I was a little kid. I was one of those who was an early adapter, if you will. Um, my parents, my grandparents on both sides of the family all loved Jesus. And when you are surrounded by family that loves Jesus, you just can't help but love Jesus too. And so um, I remember I was probably four or five, and I was, we had this gray screen door um, that went out to our porch. And I just remember, I don't know what prompted it, but I remember knowing at that moment, like, I just needed Jesus as my best friend. This Jesus that we keep talking about, I had heard it done all the time. Like, I knew what to do. I did it for myself. I'm an independent little cuss even then. (laughs) And so I just asked Jesus to be my best friend forever. And we've been walking together ever since. You and Jesus, BFFs. That's right. You know, I grew up in a church where people would have thought that was sacrilegious to ask Jesus to be your best friend because he's your Savior and Lord, right? That's right. He can be all those things. He is all of those things, and he is happy to be our friend. And um, David, you know, he was... He was a friend of God. That's and so, right. Um, it's scriptural. Yes. It's not sacrilegious. It's not, you know, any of those things. It's it's scriptural. That's so. right. Well, and you know, as a little kid, like that is the highest honor you can bestow on somebody to be your best friend. Right. Like I didn't want anybody else to be my best friend. 
except Jesus. That's and awesome. so I just, man, we've been walking together quite a few years now. <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you recognized that God spoke to you? Now, Maybe it wasn't an audible voice. It was something inside of you. But do you remember the first, how old you were when the first time you remember that God spoke to you? I don't remember really the first time. I just, I have always heard him, if that makes any sense. I always have just, you know, in that place, mm-hmm. like that is not me. That's not my voice. That is not my mom's voice. That's not my dad's voice. That's just God. Mm-hmm. And I've just had that, I don't know if it's because, again, I was so young when mm-hmm. I asked him in my heart, but I I just have always felt like I could hear him. And the older I get, um, the more I hear him, you might experience this too, being a writer, I hear him when I write. Absolutely. Um, that is where I feel, writing and speaking are where I feel his anointing the very most because that's where it just man it flows like fire and it's not even me it's just whatever he's got for that moment whatever he's got to say through my mouth or the words that I'm I'm just a transcriber that's what I call myself too I call myself the scribe for the Lord yes because um I just the way I write is I, I know a lot of people write differently than than I do but um I don't do like all of this diligent uh um, research. That's why none of my books are deep and theological, probably. But um, you, you won't have trouble understanding them, I promise you. Um, but I, I just get in God's presence, and then I just write the things He says to me. Yes. And He, He's a much better writer than I am. Amen. Sister. And uh, and so it's great. Now Meredith's written two books, and she has your first. Tell us a little bit about your first two books. Uh, my first one is called My Pink Champagne Life which is ironic when you hear about my second book. But uh, My (laughs) Pink Champagne Life is sort of our lives. My husband and I have four kids, uh, two are adopted, two are biological. And uh, when my husband and I got married, I was a single mom of two adopted children. And he took us all on like family. And that was really just how we met, how we became a family, um, how we found out we were pregnant about 15 minutes after we got married. I mean, he went from zero kids to three in under a year. So by our first anniversary, he was not just a husband, but he was a father of three children. Wow. So um, that was sort of our uh, super happy, idyllic time. And then... Where did the title come from? You know, I just used to love pink champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Now we love all champagne. Yes. (laughs) Now it's so ironic because we are a sober household. Um, And that's really what our second book is about. Uh, It's called Mad Cow, a PTSD love story. And it's just about our journey through addiction and out the other side. Um, My husband is, man, I call him Mr. Wonderful. He is sort of a jack of all trades, but the army was the thing that he just loved. He always knew. He was one of those people who always knew what he wanted to do when he grew up. And he always wanted to be an army guy. And that is what he did. And so he did that until um, he was medically retired. And so that was from an undiagnosed case of PTSD. You know, he did his tour overseas, came back with that, and really just suffered from it for about 12 years before a diagnosis. But in the meantime, we also walked through an addiction process into recovery that we're still walking through today. And 
you you have the option to always say, you know, Melissa, I don't want to talk about that because I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, and okay. you'll just say, no, we don't. That's not something we talk about. We'll be like, move right on, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> so was did George her husband? Now the one thing about her husband and my husband is. Um, they have a lot of, they have, when they're together, they have conversations that I personally don't know anything about what they're talking about. (laughs) They went, when the, one of the first times that our husbands met, they started this text conversation that had something to do with rappers and I don't even know, did you know what it was about exactly? 90s rap. Yeah. My husband can carry on a conversation in 90s rap emojis or like the little gifts, you know, mm-hmm. um, with anybody else who speaks 90s, 90s rap. rap. So Steve so, speaks 90s exactly. rap and that went on for months, y'all. <laughs> they would and it was it was always the the thing about guys is they're all competitive, right? And, uh, and so it was that, oh, I got one that's better than George's, you know, and I, and Steve would get up at, at, you know, we'd be in bed for an hour and Steve would get out of bed and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got a better one than George's last one. And he would, and he would text it to George. You and know, so, we cannot escape it. We just had our podcast called Chemical Conversations yesterday. And what was one of our topics, but nineties rap, the Tupac Biggie extravaganza. Yeah. Are they still alive? Are they dead? We don't know. Yeah. I mean. The drama continues. And I would like to say, I don't think I've ever listened to 90s rap or 80s rap or uh, 2000s rap or, um, like, I can name one rapper named T-Bone. That's the only one I know and only because my husband told me about him. Um, I would probably 50, 50 Cent. Was he a rapper or was he just something else? I don't know. He's two quarters. I don't know. Two quarters. <laughs> so. I'll give you, I'll give you five dimes. <laughs> right. And so it's like, uh, they had. But my husband does that to me all the time. He's He is, like, so smart, and he always has all these conversations. I just live in the land of context clues most of the time. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I just try to make it make sense. And uh, sometimes he'll make words, and I'll say, is that, a, like, a real word? Is that, like, slang for something? Like, is that a word you just made up, you know? and you so, can't tell. Because I don't know the difference. <laughs> like, and he's the kind of guy who can pull that off. Too. Right. Like, right. he can make up something. I'd totally believe it. Yeah, for real. Um, and so... Um, my question was going to back to rewind back to the, what we were talking about. Um, did, was, did George struggle with addiction before he joined the military or was it because of PTSD that he medicated? He did. Okay. Actually, he was an early user. So he started actually to put all of this in a nutshell. The short story is that he got kicked out of his home when he was 14. Oh, wow. So he was on his own, you know, Mm -hmm. couch surfing. He says he remembers he slept in the parking lot of Circle K one time. I mean, like really pretty much homeless. Wow, that's sad. Um, But he was older looking and was able to go ahead and get a job. And he started using meth at 14. Okay. So um, he got cleaned up. In order to get into the military. Okay. And so with the military, you know, he knew he couldn't go back to medicating that way. But in the military, sort of their way is, well, you can have a drink, shake it off. Booze is it. Yeah. And you can always, you know, pass a drug test with um, booze in your system. And so that was the new way that he self-medicated because he didn't have any of the new coping skills. And so then, of course, when he comes back from a a tour overseas with even more stuff. Right. Um, not just childhood stuff, but now he's got grown-up stuff. Um, then that didn't help anything at so all. So was he an addict when you married him? You know, hindsight really is twenty twenty. I did not have the red flags uh-huh. that 
I feel like I should have at that point. When we got married, um, yeah, there were a lot of events where we would go to military ball and everybody's drinking, but he was never out of control. Like, I was never worried about him. I was never scared. We were sort of social drinkers. It wasn't was he a pretty high-functioning addict? He was very high-functioning. Yeah, my son was a real high-functioning addict, too, yes. and so it fooled a lot of people. It, he told, it totally fooled me, and I think it fooled himself mm-hmm. for a long time because he was a rock star at his job. He was a rock star husband, rock star father, and he just kept moving forward um, until he couldn't. And it was not literally... Our addiction crisis came to a head in September of 2013, but the first real sign that things were crazy to me was February of that year. Wow. Like the same year, just months. How long have you been married that. at that point? At that point, we had been married about three and a half years. Okay. Because I think for, I think a, a, a realistic approach to look at this is how does a girl like you, who's loved Jesus since she's. You probably went to church three times a week as a fetus. Oh, yeah. You know, how does a girl who has that best friend relationship with Jesus from for all of her life end up in a relationship with an addict? And because... Man, I asked myself all, all, that same question. So, like, we should know better, right? Well, and, or we should have some discernment or something. But there's other girls like you out there yes. who might find themselves like... Oh, wait a minute. This was not the party I thought I was getting. Yeah. Well, and man, for the longest time, I was like, this is not the life my husband promised me. And this is not the life God promised me. Right. Like, I was clinging to his promises so hard during that time because I didn't have anything else to hold on to. You know, when your life completely explodes, you start asking all those hard questions like, where did this come from? Should I have seen this sooner? What could I have done differently? How did we get here? I asked that question probably a thousand times. Like, I am, I consider myself fairly intelligent. Right. I mean, we've we've authored books. For heaven's sake. Yeah. I mean, I've I've got, like, book education. I've got, you know, a decent head on my shoulders. What in the world happened? And the things that I can come up with are, uh, number one, love is blind. Yes. It really is. Deaf and dumb also sometimes. (laughs) That's true. And... God had a purpose for this. Yeah. And that was the thing that brought me the most hope because I was supposed to walk through this. You know, on the other side of addiction, um, we received some prayer and healing and some prophetic words spoken over us. And there's one thing that I will remember forever. And uh, it was God saying, you were the one that I picked because you were the one that could handle walking through this with him. Wow. And for me, that was such, like, he trusted me with that giant. And it was awful. And I wouldn't go through it again for a million dollars. Right. But he trusted me with that. That's great. So my question to you then, my next question is, prior to getting married, were there people in your life who sell red flags and said, hey, this might not be cool? Did you walk past any red flags? You know, I didn't. Okay. Like, his best friend family uh, became my best friend family. They were just this amazing couple with some kids that played with our kids, you know, that I brought with us to the marriage. And um, we were going to church. We were doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. And so, for a long time, I was really angry, too. Yeah, for sure. Like, Lord, I have done all the right things. Why is this still happening? Um, and I really, 
like I look back on that and everything came undone. You know, I said like February of right. that same year where months later, September, things were going to just explode. Um, January is when he started at the mental health clinic on base and was prescribed some, uh, they're called benzodiazepines. Mm-hmm. Well, those taken with alcohol are a crazy maker. Yeah, for sure. And that's sure. why we started seeing more red flags. We we probably would have gotten there eventually with alcohol alone. Um, but the pills just sped it up. pills really, yeah. And, you know, when you start abusing those pills and you take more than you're supposed to and then you top it off with a lot of alcohol, crazy, yeah. crazy maker. I didn't recognize my husband. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in the interest of time, because we can't share every single detail, the, every detail is written in her book, Mad Cow, um, a PTSD love story. A PTSD love story. Um, and so pick up the book and read it. It's really, really, really powerful book. Uh, it's also fun and funny. And I'm trying to remember what you refer to your daughter as in the book. We call her the honey badger. <laughs> the honey badger. <laughs> that name is well deserved. If you don't know what a honey badger is, Google that immediately. Yeah. Because yeah. And, and pick up her book and there'll be a lot more explanation to it than that. Uh, suffice it to say that George, that God has intervened in George's life and That's Meredith's right. life. He pulled them out of the corporate world and plunked them down in ministry. And they live every day fighting for people who are struggling with addiction, which is really cool. And um, he has just blessed the socks off of them. Man, I remember when they told us they were going to start their ministry. And I'm like, oh, great. Ministry's tough. It look, they make it look so easy. Oh, girl, they make it not, look like not. They make it look like God just opened the windows of heaven and poured out the cash train. And I'm like, they've been at this for like, I tell God this all the time. I'm like, they've been at it for five and a half minutes. And they're like, Big Bank Hank. And we've been doing this for years. And we're still like, God, could you? pay the electric bill you know you know you know there's a it's like i don't know if you would consider it rap but it's mo money mo problems <laughs> <laughs> all right so we we are at this level that i really number one five years ago in the middle of our addiction crisis uh-huh. you never could have told me that we would be running an addiction crisis ministry i mean right oh my gosh but god's just full circle and that's yeah. what he does but you also never could have told me that in uh, April 1st, this coming Monday, will be 20 months of operations like that we would be here. Yeah. We have served about 1,100 families since opening our doors. Obviously, there's a need for addiction crisis ministries. Right. Um, and on April 1st, for real, not a joke because it is April Fool's Day, we are opening uh, the county that we live in, Logan County, which is just north of Oklahoma City. We're opening the only men's sober living facility. That's awesome. So that is happening Monday come, you know, hell mm-hmm. or high water. It's, mm-hmm. We're doing it. Yeah. So I love that. And um, and I just love hanging out with Meredith because it's fun. We always have fun. Um because, hey, listen, life is too short not to so enjoy the short. ride. Amen. <laughs> and, and so for, and we figure if God is going to call us to do work with the crazy people, not all crazy people. We work with broken marriages. She works with addiction. We, we, we're we all in brokenness. ministry. We we're all in brokenness. That's and right. uh, most of the people come to see us because they're a hot mess. Yes. And, they want and us nobody to... <laughs> comes to see you on their best day, right? No. Same, same <laughs> yeah. sort of concept. Yeah, like like if... you don't see people at their best. Yeah. You get them at their worst. And that's why I love hanging out with you and Steve because you guys get it. Yeah. Like you're a husband and wife couple in ministry and I'll tell you ministry and marriage those things don't really go together that no. well uh-uh. like we have had to redefine what does our marriage look like while we're doing this ministry I'm sure you guys yeah, have watched for sure. similar things 
for sure. And and we laugh because we always uh, every fight we have uh, becomes some object lesson. <laughs> we have to teach a couple somewhere. Right. Just last night we had a, Stephen and I had a fight on the way to do counseling with one of our couples last Sunday. We don't. Honestly, we don't have a lot of conflict in our relationship. Um, God has just blessed us with that. But if we're going to have a fight, it's going to be either right before we have to teach a group, <laughs> right before we have to yes. tr- d- go to a conference, right before we have to see a couple, and then we got to put on our happy faces and yes. act like we're happily married, and I want to stab him. And <laughs> he, wants, oh, he, so wants, he wants to dump me in the dumpster on the way by, you know? Yes. I can't tell you how many. We do, like, our Facebook Lives, mm-hmm. or we we do our podcast, which we also do Facebook Live, or mm-hmm. we have these four-minute forecast things. Right. I can't tell you how many of those we have done. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten into a huge fight before, and we're not even speaking, but we're like, hey, Facebook friends. <laughs> we love you, and we're trying to love the other That's person. That's right. <laughs> Marriage is hard, and ministry is hard. Put them together, and what do you have? You have a Crazy. hot mess. <laughs> it's the truth. But I guess, God, you know, it's funny because the ironicness of this all is that my podcast is called He Doesn't Waste a Thing. That's right. right. He doesn't. And so he loves to use um, everything. I just think my I, my life is one big giant object lesson for the Lord to paste out on the bu- yes. on the billboards of life. Yes. And uh, my books are all written from that vantage point. Your books That's are written from the so vantage point. That's relatable, though, yeah. and relatable because yeah. people can go, oh, my gosh, if an author and speaker and conference and pastor – lady like Melissa yeah. has these things going on. I mean, that's why people love you because you understand Aww. where they're coming from because you've been there. For sure. I love For that sure. you're vulnerable and you guys share your stuff. Transparency is the key. That's you'll, right. Steve always says you'll know all the skeletons in our closet, their names and birthdays by the time you're <laughs> done with us. I love it though. <laughs> that was probably one of the things that George and I were instantly drawn to you guys about because you were just so raw and vulnerable. Like we just want to hang out with real people. We don't have time except on Facebook sometimes <laughs> to put the mask on you know right like right. and facebook's just what we show all the people um and we are happily married but sometimes we fight too yeah like, sometimes i don't like him that's right and yeah. you love him and you're gonna keep moving forward and gonna work through right. it and i'd lay down my life with him i'd lay down my life with it for him tomorrow right. or in the next five minutes uh right after i sliced off an ear you know i mean that's it's just right. <laughs> It's just the way it goes. Uh, so um, tell them a little bit about how if, uh, you know what, Meredith is a conference speaker. She's an author. She uh, works in, she has her ministry, store ministry. Uh, she <clears throat> is pretty amazing. And you would miss the opportunity to encounter her uh, if you didn't, if you, if you had an event and you wanted to have a really dynamic speaker, if you wanted to have uh, somebody who can carry the, carry the weight for you. In your conference or in your, uh, it doesn't. It, you go anywhere. Anywhere doesn't matter how big the crowd is. Oh, no, I okay. love it. I All love right, it. thanks and, for those um, kind words. Yeah. So, how would they reach out to you if they wanted to contact you? How would they buy your books if they wanted to uh, buy your book? And and she has a new. We didn't even talk about this for guys. Time out. Pause the phone. New book. Run yes. with scissors. Run with scissors. It's about rule breaking faith. Rule breaking faith. Okay, all you rebels out there, Meredith is writing your book. When do we know when that's going to be out? I'm hoping June, mid June. Okay, so Uh, how does it take you to write a book? About a thousand years. I mean, it seems like we got four kids and we run this ministry, and people always need stuff from us. Um, I really like if I could just sit down and only do that, I could probably write it in a month. But that doesn't happen. So I've been working on this for. Uh, editing also probably a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Wow, that's awesome. So Run With Scissors is hopefully going to be out in June. Yes. It'll be up on your website for sale when it comes out, right? Yes. Uh, but uh, Mad Cow and My Pink Champagne Life are already up and available. Yes, and you can find uh, them on Amazon as well. Um, and our website really is the best way to connect with us, no matter what. Whether you need our services, whether you'd like to book George or I for a speaking engagement, um, whether you want to see some of our t-shirt swag that supports the ministry, and also our books, everything that we sell goes back into Storm. Um, and our website is Storm Inc. That's S-T-O-R-M-I-N-C dot org. Right. Storm Inc. dot org. Go and visit it. you can find us on Facebook, too. Yeah. And are you on Storm Instagram? Inc. Instagram, yes. Twitter, Yes. Yeah, I'm not Twitter. I I'll, some people love Twitter. I'm never on Twitter. Never follow Bridge Builder Marriage Ministry on Twitter because you'll never see anything. We don't post anything there. Nothing happens. <laughs> I'm too old for that. <laughs> I don't really know technology, but I figured out a way. If I post on Instagram, I can post it to Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Right. And so that's the only way stuff gets done. Yeah, but for real. So, um, funny story. Anything to end the podcast with? Uh, man, I got so many kids and funny <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, here's one. Our 11-year-old, he's our kid who just struggles so much uh, with everything. And so he's got some auditory processing, ADHD, all this stuff. We're driving to school the other day, and he looks at me and he goes, you know, I don't know why we are always trying to solve everybody's problems. I said, what you talking about there, Tate? And he said, well, we're always trying to help somebody solve for X in math. Like, why can't they go solve for X themselves? Why do we have to be solving their problems? And I thought, you know, that really is a great question. Right. I don't use algebra. Right. Any. So I have trouble, like, encouraging all this math stuff. But anyway, he's, yeah. he's just a hot mess and a hoot and a half and... Sometimes gives me a run for my money, but we also have a, a five-year-old who is just super cute. And this is the one who, you know, he just loves Jesus. And so every once in a while, when I hear him pray, he's like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, <laughs> come, come hang out with me today. Like he prays like that best friend level too. Uh-huh. And that just, man, there's just nothing better than hearing your kids talk to Jesus. 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 He's our best friend. That's right. He's my BFF. That's right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me today. Don't Thank forget you. that you can pick up uh, a lot of Meredith's stuff and uh, learn more about Storm Ministries at storminc.org. And really, show her the love. I uh, want to remind you again uh, to be sure and subscribe to the podcast so it'll always be in your feed. Uh, you can get our podcast wherever podcasts are sold or given away or wherever you decide to listen to them. Um, but we're really, it's really, we're really happy. Go to Storm on Facebook, go like their page, go to Instagram, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter. Um, they put out some really, really good information and listen, I do not personally know a single family that addiction has not touched in some way, form or fashion. Um, and so if you're one of those people and you're like, somehow God created an opportunity for you to hear this and you're struggling with addiction, whether it's the first time or the 500th time or the 5,000th time that you've tried to get help, uh, their success rate's really high and they have a really good program. And if you're a, a, a family member of an addict, they can help you too. That is right. And so, um, please reach out. Don't struggle alone. Don't struggle in vain. God is passionately pursuing you. He's madly in love with you and that uh, you do not have to live the rest of your life in addiction no matter how many years you've already spent there. So there's a new day coming 
reach out to Storm, reach out to Meredith and George and get the help that is available to you. Is there a, ser- is there a fee for your service? No fee at all. Nobody has to pay anything to, nope. to work with you. come and see. Come and see us. It can't hurt anything. Right. What have you got to lose? That's Except right. all the addiction and mess. That's in life. right. All right. So until we meet again here on the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you have a really amazing person that you think that the world should encounter, send me an email at info at, or excuse me, at contact at bridgebuildermm.org. Uh, I would be happy to, I'm always looking to meet new people. You know, people are great. So I want to meet them. Uh, Otherwise, uh, until we meet again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing.